Crazy Flock. This is Ian Gaio Loco here from Crazy Poultry Inc. And I'm back with another One Bird Flying Solo reviews. I have five films that I've seen in the past few weeks that I have just not been able to get up here on the site yet. But I'm going to do that now. And those reviews are going to be for Frozen 2, Honey Boy, The Irishman, Dark Waters, and the new Jumanji Next Level. And boy, it's been a week of films and stuff, but let's get right to it. And the first one up for me to give my thoughts and review on is the highly anticipated Frozen 2, sequel from the smash Disney hit Frozen. And before I mention it, I actually really actually like the first Frozen. I actually thought it was a very well-crafted film, had a good use of a twist with a villain, and a surprise update on the Disney format. Yes, I understand that some people got burnt out because their kids wanted to keep watching it, and the theme song, Let It Go, was played everywhere and covered by everyone. I, however, do not have children, so I only felt like watching it whenever I wanted to, so I didn't get sick of it like that. Also, if you just look at it as a song in general, Let It Go is a very good song, from especially Adina Menzel, who performed it. And then, <laughs> later, I think was made even better by a heavy metal band called Betraying the Martyrs which is both funny and awesome at the same time. So, the sequel... Uh, I initially was a little baffled at what they might do, because it felt like it was very shut and closed, but this, of course, made one of Disney's biggest profits ever, so it was going to get a sequel. And my immediate reaction after walking out of Frozen 2 was... What the heck was that? Because this film literally has stuff happening, but also has nothing really happening at the same time, because it's about Elsa and Anna with Kristoff and Olaf trying to basically go into this hidden woods area that has been blocked off for years, I think 60 or so, and then to learn about Elsa's powers and find out some stuff about their past, with their families and their kingdom, but you could just see everything coming a mile away, the, what the reveal was going to be, or the twist, um, and then every time that Anna and Elsa were on screen together. It was good, but it also kind of felt like Anna was really, like, shelved as a character, like, to have only this certain thing of doing. But by far the weakest character was Kristoff, because he had one character trait, and that is trying to propose to Anna and always getting interrupted or something happening. And that was literally his character. That was the entire thing he added 
basically nothing else. And then, of course, he he and characters just show up out of the blue for no reason or rhyme. And which then culminates in a... I still am looking into this, uh, but I can see where some people... Uh, definitely see that there's a big time decision that happens at the end that is a kind of a terrible thing to really teach to kids. So that's kind of a terrible thing for Disney to be putting out there and something I never thought I would see. Um, as far as that, uh, really my only positives are, of course, the animation is amazing. It looks crisp. It looks nice. El I would say Elsa is probably still, uh, out of this film, the best character, but then she gets really uh, shelved, basically, just like Anna at one point. And uh, Olaf, yeah, he can be funny, in my opinion, but he can also be very annoying, and there's a lot of him. Uh, probably the biggest laugh, though, I got was from a pretty dark joke he says in the film. But I was just sitting there bored out of my mind, because I was just like, this is so slow, and I know what the reveal is going to be. Uh, yeah, this was a... Surprisingly, uh, even though they're conquering the box office again, uh, Disney has made... Probably one of my more forgettable and actually downright kind of bad movies of the year. Uh, I, yeah, this is very surprising, but I'm going to give Frozen 2 a D plus. And just on the record, I would give the original Frozen an A minus, so it's quite a drop off. Up next is actually a film that I was getting very excited based out of what I was hearing about it, and that is Honey Boy, which I was able to go actually see at a theater, even though it's being on Amazon Prime, um, but I was very fortunate that I got to go see it in a theater because I really wanted to actually go see this. Um, this is a film that is direct, not directed, but written actually by Shia LaBeouf, who's been making a comeback year with this, with this and Peanut Butter Falcon. But this is the story of a young actor who has gone through a lot of trauma and mentally and physically throughout his life. And this is just a recap of basically his life at growing up in acting. Uh, Shia LaBeouf actually plays the father, and this is supposedly very kind of personally based on his actual life experience and how he grew up in Hollywood, how it started to then affect his relationships with his father, his family, and sequentially let, started to lead to some mental health problems down the road with drugs and alcohol. Um, so this was, I knew, going to be a very... Uh, personal story, um, and I would easily say this is probably one of the more realism films of the year. Uh, every character felt like a real person. Um, Shia LaBeouf was amazing. The young boy that played him, him 
that played Otis, who's been in a few things. He was in uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, too. He also was the oldest boy in a quiet place, so that was he's been on a upswing of a career. Hopefully it's not going like how this betrays the child actors growing up. Um, but, yeah, this was very touching, very emotional, and also pretty funny sometimes because, again, there is some comedy here with him and his father, but there's also a lot of darkness there, too. Uh, and what's even better is the behind-the-scenes story about how Shia LaBeouf got this basically made and what went into it, basically then him playing his father and how that felt for him, getting it signed off to where he could play his father, where it's really supposed to be Mel Gibson. That's who his dad wanted to play him. Um, but... So in kind of comparing this with his other big film, Peanut Butter Falcon, I think that overall, especially tone-wise, this is a much better, is a bit better. But I do think that Peanut Butter Falcon is because of the humor and the stuff and is more rewatchable. But I can't help but argue this one was a very well-made film. I'm still going to probably be thinking it, and it might also make my top of the year list. Maybe not my top five, but it's definitely going to be on there. I am going to be giving Honey Boy an A. Up next is the highly anticipated and highly acclaimed The Irishman from Netflix and from director Martin Scorsese. Uh, who is in this film? I know that we all know, but just to name some names, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Henry Cartel, Ray Romano, Anna Paquin, and just, who the list keeps going on, Jesse Plemons, ooh, there's just so many that I could name, but it would just take a while to do that. This is a story based on true, and then fictionalized, Clearly, because there's some stuff in this that we don't know. And that's Robert De Niro's Frank, who becomes a mob hitman. And this is him basically recalling all the involvement with him, the mob, throughout the years. Which then eventually leads to Jimmy Hoffa, who is played by uh, Al Pacino. And who Al Pacino was meant for this role. Uh, Joe Pesci, who came basically came out of retirement to play Russell in this movie, uh, he is just amazing. Robert De Niro, thank you, he's amazing and back to his form. Uh, this is just a gigantic love letter to all of Scorsese's past work. Uh, if you know it and you like it, that is what this is. It just happens to be three and a half hours of it. So that can be the challenging part. Um, and this also features them using de-aging. Because it's... I believe that they're going from when some of these characters are in their 30s all the way to their 70s, which is their actual age. And at times that 
the aging is actually very impressive and it actually blends blends well. Um, there's just a few sequences though that when it takes place to when they're like in their thirties, um, yeah, the face definitely can pull it off, but the body and hands aren't quite there. So that was a little bit of a noticeable distraction. Uh, but this is also, again, directed by Scorsese, and it's shot beautifully. The cinematography is amazing, and everything looks great. And this is just one of the big hitters of Hollywood, who is still has a lot of energy and is putting out a lot of craft in his films, and it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon, and I'm very happy for that because he's definitely one of my favorite directors. All the Marvel controversy aside about what he thinks about superhero movies, I don't care. It's an opinion, but I'm here just to talk about the movie. Now, of course, this might be obviously compared to some of his other works, especially like Casino, which, honestly, I've not seen. And Goodfellas, which is probably still my personal favorite Martin Scorsese film. Um, yeah, this... And the, while there is definitely violence in this, I say that it's more of an exploration of people talking about violence and why... The violence gets done, why it shouldn't get done sometimes, maybe. But there's without a doubt there's violence in this. Um, the only real negatives that I feel like I give this is, of course, the runtime, because it, three and a half hours, this is not rewatchable a whole lot. Um, and I actually ended up watching this, like, in two parts. So I had, so I basically got a long intermission before I finished it. Um, the other thing is, of course, like I mentioned before, the de-aging thing, where it actually is really well done, but there's stuff with the body that gets a little noticeable and distracting. Um, the biggest thing, however, though, is... There's a story thread throughout the film about Frank and his relationship with his oldest daughter, and I don't really feel like that paid off and had a real had a real payoff. Um, and you know, you could easily say, "Well, they just didn't have time to dedicate to this because there's so much other stuff." This is three and a half hours. You could have done more with it. And while the, it could be that this is how the actual relationship was. You're already fictionalizing certain things, possibly, because they are mystery. So why not fictionalize this? Um, so, while I really enjoy the craft, the performances, and the directing, I don't know. It has a shot to make an outside appearance of my best of the year, but... It's not quite as high for me with some people. Uh, I'm going to give The Irishman an A-. And up next is Dark Waters, which is about the true story about a corporate defense attorney that takes on an environmental 
lawsuit against the big company of DuPont that was basically poisoning the water supply that was in the town of Virginia and which uh spoiler alert kind of spread everywhere all of us have this chemical in us it's just not the lethal dosage um so this was yeah very uh political and a very uh, relevant story especially as something that took oh about 30 so years to really get going and then started to get into the public eye of course i didn't really know about it but this is uh starring mark ruffalo who plays the the lawyer and uh or sorry the attorney and I thought Mark Ruffalo was pretty darn good. Um, I just was having trouble really feeling like that he, his character had an accent, but didn't sometimes. That was the only thing that I was kind of struggling with with his performance, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, other than that, I thought it was really good. Uh, Anne Hathaway, I thought, actually starts off slow, but then she's actually pretty darn good. Tim Robbins, I actually thought, was excellent as... Uh, Ruffalo's boss that runs the law firm that he's with. Bill Pullman. Whew, he has a comeback for this. Haven't seen him in a while. Uh, the only uh, things going into that I feel like that also kind of do with this, though, the marketing was pretty bad. Uh, especially, uh, you could argue that maybe not a great poster for this film. Um, and it's a shame because this is actually something that maybe everybody should see because it actually is factual. There's a lot of stuff in here that is true. Maybe some dramatized because I don't know, but a lot of legit things are true in this. And maybe everybody should know that this is what they have. Um, as far as... Also negatives for me, uh, again, this is a story about, you know, U.S. government and stuff and big companies screwing us over or poisoning us in this way, and it's just something that I've just coming numb to in the theater a little bit, unless it hits me in a different way. Um, also, this doesn't make a lot of rewatchability for me. I don't think that I actually will be picking this up to own. I don't know when the next time I'll feel like watching it. Uh, I'm glad I saw it once. And once may actually be all I might actually take away with this. I could see this getting Oscar buzz, especially for the writing. But really not much else. It's not a terrific film, but it's not a great one, in my opinion. I'm going to give Dark Waters a B+. And finally, we have Jumanji The Next Level, sequel to the surprise smash hit Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Once again, this has Rock the Dwayne Johnson, 
Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Karen Gilligan coming back as the Avatars, with Aquafina actually coming into the mix, along with Danny DeVito and Danny Glover, two big Dannys. Oh, and also uh, Nick Jonas might be in this or not. Um, this, this was definitely one that was on my radar, but not like a giant thing because uh so here was my initial review basically and thoughts on the first jumanji welcome to the jungle not the original jumanji i actually really like that one um i thought all the stuff in the game basically the middle of the film when they're as their avatars in there i thought it was really fun really good action and it was nice to see, you know, these actors play off type. Especially guys like Jack Black and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, I didn't really like Kevin Hart in the first one. Karen, I thought, was perfectly serviceable. Uh, but there was just gameplay issues. And then, basically, the beginning and end just felt so much like Breakfast Club and nothing else there, so... That was the only reason why I wouldn't have really recommended seeing it in the theater. I gave it a C plus. So going into this one now and after seeing it, it to me it suffers a little bit of the sequelitis because the reasoning of all of them getting back in the game kinda makes me not like the character Spencer a whole lot and again when they are in the game world that is when it is good and pretty entertaining especially again Jack Black I think is a standout in these two films but surprisingly I actually thought Kevin Hart was really good in this because then he actually gets to act like Danny Glover in a way uh Dwayne uh, basically gets Robert De Niro in him. I know how that sounds, but... Uh, and I thought that worked sometimes, but then it felt pretty flat other times. Uh, again, I thought Karen was a perfectly serviceable, at, like in the first one. Except there are moments, though, when they do actually switch bodies sometimes, and she actually gets to act like something else, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but again, the weaknesses are just so prevalent in this. Uh, the villain, who's actually played by the Mountain from Game of Thrones, is totally forgettable. Just surface-level villainy. Uh, the show, final showdown with him felt very anticlimactic. Um, and again... These characters are just learning the same thing over again. And the action and stuff inside the game isn't even that memorable to basically say like that this should have existed. But I will admit, I did laugh a good amount in this. So that's gonna push this a little bit more of a leeway. However, 
I didn't think that this in any way improves on the Jumanji <laughs> franchise. And I don't really know what they're going to do because they just showed they just basically repeated the same thing, the same lesson over again. So I am going to be giving Jumanji the next level a C. Hey guys, so that's my thoughts and reviews on Frozen 2, Honey Boy, The Irishman, Dark Waters, and Jumanji Next Level. If you guys have seen them, maybe you enjoyed them. I always hope that people find what they can be enjoyable and to discuss and talk about those films. Uh, that is what I built this channel on. That is what I always want to be as a reviewer and as a cr somewhat critic but just an overall moviegoer. Uh, if you guys have been enjoying this, I really hope that you feel free to donate here on Anchor or however way you feel possible, just so that I can keep on doing this maybe a little bit more often. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out, did a hilarious, fun Rotten Eggs review on Troll 2 with my buddy Damon the Gobbler Anderson and Kevin Foghorn Leghorn Kerner. Uh, that was a whole lot of fun. Uh, and if you guys want to keep me on the social network, GaioLoco89 on Twitter, Ianovec on Facebook. It's all the social media I want to plug for me. Uh, and please uh, subscribe and follow me here either on anchor spotify apple podcasts wherever you're hearing this and please feel free to spread the word i hope to keep on going with this and i hope you guys enjoy this and keep on listening hopefully some more plans coming soon here to this channel here on crazy poultry Inc. podcast thank you for being part of the crazy flock till then See you guys next time.